Hi, welcome to One Answer Ministries. This is your host, Joshua Klein. I want to thank you for taking the time to come and listen in again with us. We are in a series called Jesus, the Key to the Life that is in You. It's being delivered by my dad, Evangelist Ed Klein. And this second part is really impactful. And I guess what I have to say is that he's not pulling any punches. He kind of goes after this and really addresses it. And he brings up some obvious issues of sin. And what I wanted to point out is that while he mentions those, he's maybe picking a few of sort of the the easy targets. And he would admittedly know and say this what he's not leaving out is the sins and the issues that we deal with in our own lives, even if we don't have those glaring obvious ones. Uh, you know, are, are we too self-absorbed? Are we self-loathing? Uh, are we dealing with addictions? And he talks about that in this message, but he, again, cherry picks the obvious, you know, alcoholism or, you know, um, addiction, but we know in this in this time in this day and age that in fact we are all dealing with certain addictions at certain times in our lives, especially um, with what's happening in the advent of technology and how readily available it is, and the kinds of almost mental triggers that it gives us when we pick up our phone and look at it, right? Uh, it comes in so many shapes and sizes. So we need to open that up and really internalize and look at that as it applies to ourselves, you know, not to mention the slew of other things. It's, it's really about what is God convicting and showing us about. And, and that leads me to the point here. He doesn't pull any punches. He's really addressing and going after this directly for us and saying we need to look at ourselves in this. And that is the point. This may make us feel uncomfortable or confronted, but we should not feel condemned. Instead, we should know that the Lord is ministering to us and he's giving us the opportunity to receive some conviction about a truth he wants us to know, which is a truth also that he is equipping for change in our lives that he wants to help us with. Um, I think that really helps in the approach. Oftentimes, because I'll hear something, I'll be like, oh man, I'm really, really blowing it in that area. But the truth of the matter is, when I'm recognizing that and seeing that, it's God showing that to me and saying, yes, but I have prepared you and equipped you to begin to change that, to, to see transformation and move in a, in a new and a better direction, more towards the fullness of who I've designed you to be. So I would just encourage that you would take that the same way. Thank you again. Without further ado, we'll transition over. This is going to be part two. We are going to do a part three, so we'll look forward to having you join us for that one as well. Now, Father, as we come into this second Peter, the second chapter, Lord, we just thank you, Lord, that those who are here and those who receive, Lord, will know 
that it is your will that they begin to see that it is each one of us. So often, Lord, we are still waiting for someone else to change. So often, Lord, we haven't even converted our own souls. We haven't renewed our own minds. And yet, we're waiting for others to do what needs to be done. So, Father, show us right now, this night, that as we do what we need to do, as we come together here and meet and receive the word, and as those who receive the tapes hear this word, Lord, that they will cry out for revival within themselves. They will cry out, Revive me, O Lord. Make me the child that I'm supposed to be. Do in my life that which needs to be done. Lord, make this a reality to me. Let me experience you, Lord Jesus. Experience your truth, your words, your life, your person in everything that I say and everything that I do. And Father, I thank you that each person will take time in prayer and meditation to let you become present with them so that you can reveal your life to them as they continue to go on with this word, Father. And we'll give you praise and glory for it all, Father. In Jesus' precious name, amen and amen and amen. Okay, let's turn our Bibles again here to Second Peter, the second chapter. Now here in, in chapter 2, we find that, again, it's, a, it's a Peter trying to show us something. And again, you know, we have to take this to heart. We've got to make a decision that this is God talking to me. If I, if I continually try to make it God talking to somebody else, I'm going to find out one of these days that God wasn't able to talk to me because I already think I've got the answer. So I want you to listen very carefully as we read chapter 2 here, and then we're going to take this chapter 2, and we're going to go over it in the same way that we went over chapter 1. It says, In those days, in the, in the time here, there arose false prophets among the people just as there will be false teachers among yourselves. He said, this is not just for our time. There are going to be teachers who are going to try to lead you astray no matter what. They're going to get away from the Word of God. They're going to try to get you all involved in self, 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 and self this and self that. He said, hey, that's going to keep happening. False teachers, people who just want to build up themselves and build you up rather than build up the body of Christ, who will subtly and stealthily introduce Heretical, heretical doctrines, destructive heresies, even denying and disowning the master who brought them, bringing upon themselves a swift destruction. You know, praise God, when we get into things like that, things are going to take place, aren't they? Okay. Many will follow their immoral ways, you know, always making excuses. Well, there's nothing wrong with this. There's nothing wrong with that. Listen to me, brothers and sisters. If God didn't tell you to do it, it's wrong. And if Jesus Christ himself wouldn't do it, you better not be doing it because you're to be imitators of Jesus Christ. You're to be as he is in all your ways and in everything that you do. And we need to, we need to remember that, okay? Their own immoral ways and lascivious doings. Because of them, the true way will be maligned and defamed. He said they, they don't really show forth. You know, people, who come to the fullness of Christ and then go back to their old sins, go back to the old stink all over again. He said, oh my gosh, that's a terrible thing to take place, you know. But 
there are people, I've met some since I've been in ministry. Oh, they, they, they claim they love the Lord. The next thing you know, they're back living with somebody. Or the next thing you know, they're back to their old habits again. I want to tell you, brothers and sisters, that's a shame. That's a horrible shame to the kingdom of God. And in their covetousness, their lust and greed, their lust and greed, they will exploit you with cunning false arguments. Oh, they can make all kinds of excuses. They can justify it all they want. But he said they're cunning and they're false arguments. Okay? From of old, the sentence of condemnation for them has not been idle. Their destruction, their eternal misery has not been asleep. He said, boy, the thing that's coming upon them is, is right there. It's not sleeping. It's right there to take place. For God even spared not angels that sinned. He said, look at there. He said he cast, he cast Satan. Satan, who was majestic in heaven. He said, hey, he cast him down. If he, if he did that, but cast them into hell. Delivering them to be kept in, kept there in pits of gloom till the judgment of their doom comes along. Boy, I want to tell you something. I, I pray God I never come into the judgment of the doom of God. I pray God that he's willing to keep me. I pray God he's willing to lead me and to guide me and direct me. Verse 5, And he spared not the ancient world, but preserved Noah, a preacher of righteousness, with seven other persons when he brought a flood upon the world of ungodly people. How many, how many of those people do you suppose really believe that the whole world would be covered with a flood and they'd die? I'll tell you some, none of them did until it actually came upon him. And he condemned to ruin and extinction, and extinction, extinction the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. I'll tell you, brothers and sisters, today, today everybody's wanting to talk about alcoholism being a disease. They want to talk about they want to talk about addiction being a disease. I want to tell you, brothers and sisters, that's not a disease. Sure, it puts a dis-ease in your body because you're mistreating it. But as far as it being a disease of some kind, it's not. It's sin. It is sin. And I want to tell you, people need to turn from their sin. They need to repent and return from their sin. Now, I'm not condemning the alcoholic and I'm not condemning the addict. I, they need help. Yes, I understand that. And we need to give them help. And we need to pray and intercede for them. But brothers and sisters, we need to deal with the sin that's holding them in bondage. We need to make a decision. I don't mean, my gosh, there's some beautiful people who've got themselves into alcoholism and everything else. I don't mean we're to condemn these people. Don't misunderstand me. We're against the sin, but we're never against the sinner. And whether that be alcoholism or dope addiction or, or prostitution, no matter what it is, we are never to condemn the sinner. We're to do all we can to help them. In fact, I believe one of the big problems is we just don't do that. We don't pray and intercede enough. And we need to do that. We need to make that decision. But by the same token, we need to recognize it as sin. Okay? Praise God. All right. Verse 7. And he rescued righteous Lot, greatly worn out and distressed by the wanton ways of the ungodly and the lawless. He said, my gosh, the ways of the lawless and and the, their wantonness, he said, that's going to just tear everybody down. And it does tear people down. And so we need to deal with it. Verse 8. For that just man living there among them tortured his righteous soul every day with what he saw and heard of their unlawful and wicked deeds. And, well, I can sure relate to that at times. I want to tell you, get someplace where sin is rampant. And I want to tell you, it just pulls you down and pulls you down. You just got to pray and pray and pray and pray. 
Verse 9, Now, if all these things be true, then be sure the Lord knows how to rescue the godly out of temptation. You know, the Bible says, No man is ever tempted that God doesn't give him a way out. And let no man say when he tempted, It is God, for God tempts no one. And trials. And how to keep the ungodly under chastisement until the day of judgment and doom. God says, hey, I know how to deal with the ungodly. And I and I will deal with them. Okay, so as we get into verse 10, he says, and particularly those who walk after the flesh. Boy, I tell you, if we ever had a problem with people walking after the flesh, we've got one today with pornography and all the other stinking garbage. But you know what's sad, brothers and sisters? A lot of people who call themselves Christians are involved in this, thinking that they can get away with it, thinking that it's not going to hurt them. Well, I just sneak a little look at Playboy. I want to tell you something. It'll kill you. It'll kill you. And indulge in the lust of polluting passions and scorn and despise authority, presumptuous and daring, self-willed, self-willed, not wanting the will of God, but wanting their own will, and self-loving. In other words, they just love their own actions. They're not, I don't mean they say, I love myself because of Christ being in me. They love themselves because they're, of what they're doing. Creatures. They scoff at and revile dignitaries, glorious ones without trembling. So they're even making fun of, of angels and, and those who went before, you know. Whereas even angels, though superior in might and power, do not bring a defaming charge against them before the Lord. Said so even the angels, who are more superior and more powerful than demonic forces and the other... Hey, so now even they do that before the Lord. They let the Lord take care of that. And boy, I tell you, the body of Christ really needs to learn some lessons in that area. For these people, like unreasoning beasts, mere creatures of instinct, born only to be captured and destroyed, reeling at things of which they are ignorant, they shall utterly perish in their own corruption. And they're destroying. They shall surely be destroyed. You know, those are pretty powerful words. And you know, God is, is saying to us, hey, wake up. Wake up to what I'm saying to you. Wake up to what it is that I want you to understand. You know, if we go back, if we go back into Second Peter, the first chapter for just a minute, here he is, he's, he's bestowed this divine power upon us. He's made all things ready for us. He's prepared all things that are requisite and suited to life. He's bestowed upon us the, his precious and exceedingly great promises. And you know, he's done all this so that we would live and act like the sons and daughters of God. Not so that we act like the world. Not so that we would do like the world does or think like the world thinks. And I believe it's so important. I believe it's it's so important that we begin to think the way God wants us to think. Verse 13, being destined to receive punishment as the reward of their unrighteousness. Now, you and I are to be the righteousness of God, not unrighteousness, but the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And if that's who we are, and we are because we're in Christ Jesus, then we need to begin to act like that. Suffering wrong as the higher for their wrongdoing. They they count it a delight to revel in the daytime, living luxuriously and delicately. They are blots and blemishes, reviling in their 
deceptions, at love feasts, and carousing together, even as they feast with you. Boy, I want to tell you something. He said, they're right in the middle of you. They're right in there with you, right where you're at. That's where they're at. And yet here they are. They're, they're just, they're just like unreasoning beasts. Said, and yet they're right in there with you, with the, with the body of, of the church itself. They have eyes full of harlotry, insatiable for sin. They beguile and bait and lure away unstable souls. Their hearts are trained in covetousness, lust and greed. They are exposed to cursing children of a curse. Forsake the straight road. They have gone astray. Forsaking the straight road. They have gone astray. They have followed the way of Balaam, the son of Beor, who loved the reward of wickedness. Oh boy, I want to tell you something. We see that today. We see that today. Oh God, oh God, save us from that. Oh God, take us out of out of the miserable things of the world. Take us out of those things. I don't mean out of the world. We're in the world, but out of the things of the world. But he has rebuked, but he was rebuked for his own transgressions when a dumb beast of burden spoke with, hu- with a human voice and checked the prophet's madness. You know, we find that over there in Numbers, the 22nd chapter, verses 21 to 31, where that, the, 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 the ass spoke to Balaam, you know, and Balaam didn't pay any attention. These are springs without waters and mist driven along before a tempest for whom is reserved forever the gloom of darkness. For uttering loud boasts of folly, they beguile and lure with lustful desires of the flesh those who are barely escaping from them who are wrongdoers. Verse 19, they promise them liberty when they themselves are the slaves of depravity and defilement. For by whatever anyone is made inferior or overcome or worsted to that person or thing, he is enslaved. He said, listen, he said, whatever it is that has brought you into any kind of bondage, he said, you're enslaved. You're enslaved to that. You know, oh, God, how we need to get a get a hold of that. Oh, God, how we need to understand that and let that come into reality in our lives so that we'll only be love slaves, bond slaves to Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Hallelujah. They promise them liberty when they themselves are the slaves of depravity and defilement. For whatever anyone is made inferior or overcome or worsted to that person or thing, he is enslaved. Boy, I'll tell you, that's a mouthful. I just had to read that again. For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the full personal knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they again become entangled in them and are overcome. Their last condition is worse for them than the first. He said, if you've tasted the Lord and you've been set free and then you still go back, he said, boy, you're going to be worse off than you were before. For for never to have obtained a full personal knowledge of the way of righteousness would have been better for them than having obtained such knowledge to turn back from the holy commandment which was verbally delivered to them. Oh, boy, I want to tell you something. That's terrible. That's terrible. It said, oh, they'd have been better off if they'd have never gained the knowledge of God than to go back to the to the old dung heap, back to the old vomit, dog's vomit again. There has befallen them the thing spoken of in the true proverb, the dog turns back to his own vomit, and the sow is washed only to wallow again 
in the mire. It's a pretty heavy chapter there, but again, it's God talking to us. And again, it's you and I asking ourselves some questions. It's not condemning others. It's not fault-finding with others. But it's you and I making sure that it doesn't apply to us. Father, now bless them and bless their household. Let your light shine upon them with your blessings upon them and upon their households, relying on, trusting in, and putting all their confidence in you. And Father, we'll give you all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' precious name, amen and amen and amen. Hi, this is Joshua again. Just wanted to circle back and say thank you again for coming and taking the time to listen. I hope this encouraged you, ministered to you, taught you. And just wanted to say thank you again for all of your prayers and your support, for reaching out, uh, for for making your donations. If you would like to make a donation, you can go to oneanswer.org and there's a giving page. You can come and check that out and just do what, what you feel the Lord is, is leading you to in terms of contributing. You probably thought I wasn't going to say it, but here it is. For all the situations and all the challenges and the struggles, and for all the questions in this life, There really is one answer. His name is Jesus.